Welcome to Vitalnomics, the Church Vitality Podcast, a digital arm of the Church Vitality Network. I'm your host, Gary Moritz, and joining me will be today's voices in church revitalization and renewal. This is a place to find spiritual health, active leadership, and finding legacy over longevity. No matter where you are on the revitalization journey, God is writing your story through His church. He's called you to do it. So whatever you do, don't quit. Reach out and keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. If you find this episode helpful, share it. If you have some helpful insights on revitalization, let's share them on the show. Now, let's get into today's topic. We're so glad that you've joined us for the next talk that Janet and I are going to do. We're really, really excited about this particular topic. Janet, how are you doing? I'm doing well. You, you look well. You look good. I just got done uh, hosting a meetup with our senior adults. All right. That's cool. That's cool. I, I love games. that. Playing games. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. So good. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. So we are talking in Vitalnomics about finding vitality, and that could mean, you know, church revitalization and renewal, personal health, um, anything in that where you feel like part of your life is dying. And so we are going to speak into today with a really cool topic that's not talked about enough, I feel, and that is the role of the church revitalizer's wife the role of the church revitalizes wife. Wow, that's a that's a heavy topic. It is a heavy topic. Yeah, and so what we wanted to do, if you caught our other uh, podcast, kind of our story, you've, you've kind of heard how we got to our point, but we want to dig a little bit deeper into that, and we want to talk about our roles. And so me as the lead pastor, you know, my job as the lead pastor is to lead vision, mission, values, culture, and really get a sense and a pulse on kind of what's happening with the people that God has entrusted to me. And so our revitalization story was different because it demanded kind of us to divide and conquer and then come back at the end of the day and unite again. And so we had different strengths and different roles that God used in that season. And so, Jana, talk about that a little bit from your perspective as my wife. That's why I said she looked good because she's my <laughs> wife. Okay, I could say that. Yeah. But, but Jana, talk to me about that. Yeah. So when we started our, our revitalization process about 10 years ago, it's kind of crazy to believe it's been 10, 10 years. years. It's been 10 years. We both hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. Um, we used to, you know, we'd wake up and go to work. We'd get our coffee. You'd go into one building. So we have three buildings on our campus. You'd go into one building, the church, and I would go into our school. Yeah. It was a Christian school that we were yeah. running. And we both went to work full time in the ministry and in our church revitalization. So your role at that time was uh, lead, you were assistant pastor just coming on. And my role was I was teacher in Mm -hmm. the high school and I was the assistant principal. And so because I had, I was degreed in those areas, uh, there was, there were some holes in the school, there was some need there and the school needed revitalization as well. So I went to work there, but I also had over 20 years of legal experience Mm -hmm. working as a paralegal for different attorneys. And so we were in active litigation. Yeah. We were in bankruptcy when we first got here. And so my skill set was really needed to kind of maneuver and assist uh, with the legal side as well. So we both were equally involved full time, night and day, bringing it home. I mean, we were really um, bringing work home 
and kind of knee deep in our church revitalization and renewal. Although at that point, we didn't really call it that. We didn't know. Yeah, we, nobody was talking about nobody revitalization. Talking about well, I shouldn't say nobody. I could think of two, three people now that were probably talking about it, but it wasn't popular. Church planting was popular. Yeah. When when we moved up here, we had no <laughs> idea that that's what we were setting into. That's right. You know, but God knew. I always, you know, hindsight is always that perfect, you know, 2020. God knew that both of our skill sets yeah. Our experience and our expertise were going to be needed mm-hmm. in this space, which is why I really believe that God called us to our ministry because it took it took both of us yeah, really working full time to to kind of get things rolling and, and, and to, to kind of sw- turn the ship around and, and get uh, to see church revitalization and renewal. Yeah. And it wasn't like the only thing we were doing. We were taking stuff home. Like, you know, like if you work at a job, you can leave your work at home unless you're a school teacher because they work way hard and oh, get yeah. underpaid. So if right. you, unless you're a school teacher or you're a doctor on call or a police officer on call, you're usually taking work home uh, with you. But this was nonstop. And this wasn't the only thing that we were doing, right? We had we had li- two two little girls. We had little girls at home. Yeah, yeah. So we had to be parents. School. Yeah, we had we had homework just like everybody else. You That's know, right. we were trying to figure out homework and dinner. No, thankfully, um, we had a live-in. You know, my mother lived with us and was able to really help yeah. with a lot of those things, which we're really thankful for. But it was it was it was a lot. We were we were you know really busy and but you know our story isn't necessarily your story. Yeah, and doesn't have to be your story. And so, you know, we share that with you to know that, you know, we understand if you are a husband and wife team that are involved in ministry, we get it. Yeah, we definitely get it. We totally get it. So, so who would you say, like, who would you say are like your role models? Like, cause you obviously you had, at least I can think of two that you had two great role models. And so talk about that because I I think what, what's modeled before you is kind of how you develop your values and habits. Yeah. I had two great role, role models in my life for a pastor's wife to follow mm. and and really emulate. I had I had my pastor's wife who um, was my pastor's wife from the age of like 14, I think. Yeah. So she really, um, her husband, my pastor is like another spiritual father to yeah. me. And Debbie was really a great role model for me. Mm-hmm. Um, love her. Yeah. And respect her so yes. much for just her role as a pastor's wife. And then I had my mom, who my father was a pastor and a missionary. So mm. I grew up in a pastor and missionary home. So I knew what it was like to see the different perspectives of what ministry can do and how it can affect a family. How does it affect your spouse? How does it affect your children? And, you know, they each, though, the cool thing is they each served in ministry in very different ways. Right. Yeah. They really did. Now, my mother, just like me, just like I am today, she was full time. Mm -hmm. She really was um, involved in just about every aspect of ministry. God really used her talents and skills and her abilities to help my father grow his ministry. And so that was the example I had in my home. Mm. It's kind of the example that my daughters have now. They've seen me work full time in ministry right along with you. Yeah. Mm hmm. But Debbie, you know, that was my second example, and I learned so much from her. She did not work full-time in ministry. In fact, she was working very hard to build a successful business, Yeah, really to support her family, and, yeah. and that was the career that, you know, God had 
called her too. And she was raising three young children. That's right. At the time and homeschooling in between, you know, during certain years. And so I really had those two different examples. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Debbie, it, it, it didn't make what Debbie's contribution was doing any less or more because, you know, my mother was doing all of these things and, and Debbie was doing this. She was, she knew, Debbie knew what she was passionate about and she knew the ministry that God had called her to. And that's what she served in. Mm-hmm. And she excelled at it and she did it to the best of her abilities. And there was no guilt in that. Yeah. And she was the one that really taught me about seasons in life. And she said, look, you know, embrace the season that God has you in right now. If you are, you know, a mom, a pastor's wife with young kids, you know, embrace it. Mm-hmm. If you're, you know, if you're an empty nester, mm-hmm. like my mother was, I think that was yeah. the difference between the two of them. Yep. Yep, she was sure. an, she had the time and she had the energy and capacity and she threw herself into that role. And so I, you know, I learned so much, you know, a pastor's wife does not always have to fulfill and sit in those stereotypical roles, you know, that people assume. Yeah, like playing organ. Yeah, like, okay, I'm the pastor's wife, I've got to play the piano. Right. Okay, not all, you know, not. the lead women's ministry. No, it's not, you don't have to do that. I mean, what do I do on Sundays a lot of times at our church right now? I'm the, I run the soundboard. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. Yeah, I'm not on, I'm not playing keyboard. (laughs) I'm kind of behind the scenes in the tech. You know, it's not that we don't want to, you know, I never want anyone to be like buttonholed or say you have to serve in kids ministry because you're the pastor's wife or you have to be the women's director. Yep, yep. And I I think too, what's really cool is um, going back to the example of like Debbie, she was a, a very strong active role, maybe not so much in the church, but definitely in the family, holding the fort down, Absolutely. speaking life into her husband as the pastor, and then using her creative business mind to really help. And then and then serving, you know, serving on, like she's a great singer and serving on the worship team and the, and the band and stuff. And, th- and that's cool, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the question, you know, the, you know, you can be asked is, well, what role should the wife of a church revitalize? That's a good have? question. It is a great question. But I think I, you know, you've taught me, you know, ask questions. So I'm, yeah. I'm asking a question to answer the question. Right, right. Okay. So I think the first question is what season of life is your family in? Yeah. That's important. You take, kind of take value of where, where you're at, your capacity, what you can handle. And don't, don't take on more than you yeah. can. It's yeah. not worth it. It's not worth it. Do yeah. you have young kids? Yeah. Are you homeschooling? That's a big one. Which those two things, by the way, young kids and, and homeschooling, homeschooling, that's like... That is your job. That's like five <laughs> jobs, that's, right? That's right. And and you embrace it. And, and that's the most important thing that you can do for your family is really be there for your kids. Uh, you know, what type of commitment and role can your family handle at that stage? Yeah. You know, can they afford to have you, you know, diving into, you know, ministry 20, you know, 30 hours a week? You know, do you work full time? Maybe you have a career. You know, and that's okay. Yeah, and I remember too when, when we were like went into youth ministry before kids, and I remember you were you were the greatest I volunteer. I was the greatest volunteer. You were the greatest volunteer, and that first <laughs> child came, and then you were you were a good volunteer, yeah. right? And then the second child came. You you were like you, you were good. Was, and, no, and, I don't and even know average, if I was a good volunteer. Right, right. <laughs> but then after a while, like stuff started to take off, and then you just became a volunteer, and that's okay. And I um, wasn't probably your most reliable one either. No, you weren't, and that's okay because at that point we had built enough leaders in place to lead things. You yeah. know, so that's that's cool. 
Yeah. And I can look back on my ministry. I grew up in the church. I grew yeah. up in a pastor's home. And I can tell you there were there were seasons in my life where I was all in. I was full time. I was doing everything I could at the church. I was there a lot. But then when though when our girls were young, I may just have only attended a, a service. Yeah, and that's fine. And that's okay. Right. I I remember when, you know, when they were young, I did things behind the scenes, like you said, yes. and it was like one and done. Yeah. I exactly. host a dinner or do yep. something, but I did it. It's what I could contribute. And mm-hmm. there's still value in that. 100%. There is no guilt in that. Yeah. Because again, our motto for our family has always been family, family first. first. Right. Okay. That is the most so important. Let's say it thing. again for our listeners. Family, family first. first. That's Don't right. sacrifice your family for a church revitalization. Yeah. If you, yeah. if you if you revitalize your church and you see growth, but at the end of it, your family falls apart. And your marriage is gone. Not you, good. Yeah, not, not good. good. Don't sacrifice your family in the process. And I think another question to ask is what season is the church in that you're mm-hmm. stepping into? Yeah. Do you need to have a role? When we first got here, yeah. I didn't necessarily need to dive right into nope. roles at the church because we there were people there. Yeah. They needed, you know, they needed your vision, your yep. the Correct. fresh vision, not necessarily a another title a or, title or a for role. me. Yeah. And 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 that's okay. I was comfortable and secure in that. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to immediately step into that role, but I did need to be I needed to use mm-hmm. my skill set and my experience as a teacher to really focus on ministering and you know leading in the school and that's the value you brought to the table right and i think that's probably the key word is what value at this season can you bring to the table in the revitalization process yeah then when my skills were needed on the church side your superpowers yeah what my i don't know if it's superpowers mr incredible yeah but when i when i when i was needed there i was ready and it was a natural shift and yep. it was God's timing. I think yeah, that's what that's I think cool. we yeah. can really impress on people. Don't force yourself into a role <laughs> yeah. because you think you need to be there. Yeah. Wait, let yeah. God lead and work in the transition. It's mm-hmm. a much easier transition. And that's you, if you're transitioning, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's when God, you know, God will. And I was, you know, the timing was ready. The church was ready. I was ready and then I stepped into my role, which I have now mm-hmm. is the director of operations. Yeah. You lead the vision yeah. and I implement yeah. and deal with the day-to-day. The pulse, yeah. The pulse, the day-to-day needs and, and the function mm-hmm. of yeah. the team and the church. And so really ask your question, you know, ask that question, what season is the church in? Yeah, no, that's that's really, really important. And, and not every, I guess... Not every pastor's wife is going to be able to be on the front stage. And right. depending on their makeup, they, they might be backstage. Yeah. And backstage is just important Absolutely. as front stage. And I would say it's probably even more important backstage because if you've ever been to a, uh, a play or a, a band, watch a band play, I mean, the lighting people and the sound people and all the people that set up the rigs and the curtains and get everything ready. I mean, the actors just need to come out and know their part. And I say it all the time, you know, my team makes me look way better than I actually am. Yeah. And that's, that was my role for years, right? I actually did work backstage coordinating props and scene changes for production. I love all those people that wear black and they just come out. You don't even see it in the ninjas. We were the ninjas. Yeah. But that's where I thrive. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So Gary, his skill set and his 
you know, where he thrives is encouraging people, leading yeah. them, teaching them. Yeah. You are a teacher. I can get on stage mm-hmm. for a time and a task. Yeah. I can, I can live there for a short period of time, yep. but don't, I, that's not where I want to stay. It exhausts me. Right. <laughs> it exhausts me, but put me behind the scenes. Let me help direct people. Let me help guide the process mm-hmm. and assist and get the process ready. And that's where I thrive. Yeah, that's good. So let's talk a little bit and kind of switch gears from that. And let's talk more about like how a person can support the church revitalize it. Like how can that pastor's wife support the one actually doing church revitalization, their husband, or so to speak. I think the biggest thing is you are the number one prayer warrior. That's right. Because you're going to see things that nobody else does. Mm -hmm. Okay, you're going to see him on his best day. Yeah. And you're going to see him on his worst day. Yeah. When he's been through... (laughs) The ringer. He's been through the ringer. and he wants to Yeah, and he wants to quit, and maybe his emotions are all all over the place. You've got to intercede for him regularly. You Mm -hmm. are his biggest prayer warrior, and you know how to pray for him better than anybody else mm-hmm. because you know his strengths and you know his weaknesses. And so, you know, pray. And yeah. it's it's that's probably the most important thing. Not every day is a up day. No. Right? Like it's not your best reels every single day. It's it's like you have good days and, and mountaintops and you have valleys, but you got to continue climbing the mountain, right? You can't give up. You can't fall down the mountain. You have to keep climbing. And it takes prayer. It takes people to, which probably brings me to my next one, just encouraging you. Yeah, you are, right after prayer is encouragement. Yeah. And it's huge. You have got to speak life, okay? And this is, you know, you're going to be, the, the revitalizer's wife is going to be drained as well. I That's think right. it's just as draining 100%. for the spouse and sometimes for the kids. And he's going to face negativity. And what he needs from you is that encouragement. Yeah. So you have to kind of shift his thinking. I know I try to do this with you. Yeah. If it's been a really negative day or a really negative week or a tough week, you've got to keep continually putting the blessings of God in front of him. Show the successes. Recall the successes. Yeah. Recall the promises. Help them go back to their call. That's right. That's that good. is so important for the church revitalizer. You are the encourager. You're the one that's going to speak truth when Satan is right at his back trying to speak the lie. Mm. But that's why you've got to be prayed up. Because if you are not prayed up, if you um, are not in tune with the Holy Spirit, if you're not you know, in the Word, if you're not listening to God, it's going to be very difficult for you to speak life. Yeah, and don't, and don't think too, like if you're a pastor and you're listening to this, like depression happens to everybody. And I believe it's the human side of our sin nature in the sense that our greatest depression, if we never experience depression, then we can never experience exaltation. And the two go together. Unless we're low, we can never experience high. And so our greatest lows become our greatest highs. We begin to see God in the valleys and God starts to direct us and God speaks to us. And that's really, really key. And I think that's where we get the, the from prayer and the encouragement through critics and negativity, ultimately, it leads us to a, a greater exaltation of Christ. Yeah, and we you have to be that to each other. Mm-hmm. I always say, yeah. okay, we both can't crash on the same day. That's right. <laughs> like, it's like, you're okay, tomorrow, I'm right, today. I'm today. Okay, no, you're tomorrow. Okay, it's, you've got to, like, you've got, because you've got to hold, if you have kids in the home, yeah. you've got to hold it together for the kids. That's so right. that's where you have, it has to be reciprocal. Yeah. 
all these things that I'm saying right now are reciprocal actions. You know, I'm praying for Gary. Gary's got to pray for me. Yeah. I'm encouraging Gary. Gary's got to encourage me. But who's going to get under attack more? Probably it's the leader. It's mm-hmm. the visionary. It's the 100%. one that's, you know, yeah. it's the one that's charging forward and leading the team and leading the church. And so that's where, you know, we have to speak life and just keep reminding, bringing yeah. back uh, to memory the call. Just go back to that. Yeah, it's good. It's good. And, and in a way, after we do it with prayer and encouragement, we, we deal with that's a form of protection, right? Yeah. Speaking truth, speaking life. And sometimes, you know, through the critics and through the pain and the suffering and the deaths and the hurt that goes on uh, in the established church, it can cloud your judgment. And you can, over time, when you start mentoring people over time and you mentor a lot of people, you're going to face a crash at some point. And, And so the crash is okay. But I think what's important is is that you're you're able to fight against a, a cynic mindset. Yeah. And it's a you can, everybody's gonna have a cynic mindset, but you can't stay there because if you stay there, you'll die there. Yeah. So you have to, you know, I one of the things that I try to help you with is just fighting against that right that cynicism or when that judgment could get a little clouded. Mm-hmm. Speak truth. You're gonna you're not necessarily as intimately close to a negative situation as he may be. Mm-hmm. And so you may be able to be outside of it and give a different perspective. 100%. Give yeah. a different perspective. Uh, Gary, I don't think it's that bad. Yeah. I don't think that that's what was meant by that. Or don't, you know, have you really thought about that? Is that really the truth? Or yeah. is this maybe, is there some emotion in here uh, that's maybe clouding your judgment? But also take them back to the truth of God's word too. Mm-hmm. And in order to do that, you got to be in God's word. So yeah. you've got to be able to, to really, you know, speak truth, speak biblical truth, mm-hmm. when maybe He's got that overwhelmingness, yeah, that has set in, or that this isn't possible. We can't. Do, we're never going to be able to. Yeah, yes, we can, and this mm-hmm. is the reason why. And and then also, I think you have to pro- help protect His time and His physical health, his self-care. Self-care, yeah. Yeah, you've got to, you know, be that person that's going to fight for him and fight for his health, whether it's his spiritual health, emotional, physical, all of it. You know, you've got to just be that gentle pride. No, I'm not talking like the nagging, you know what I mean? Like that, <laughs> but just, hey, you know, maybe maybe you need to take a map. Maybe maybe it's time you rested. Yeah. You need to take a day off. Yeah, take a day off. That's I, I love that. I love when somebody says, hey, you just need to take a day off. I'm like, I sure will. Um, it's good. And self-care is important too. And, and not, not to go too further on this because we'll talk about this at another podcast, but really taking care of your health overall, your cardiovascular, what you're eating, food affects your mood. Um, that's a guarantee. So make sure you're eating for brain health, like walnuts and, and blueberries. We can get into all that stuff, but uh, making sure that you're, you're hydrated, uh, you're drinking water, branch chain amino acids, all, all that stuff. And Sometimes just eating. Gary, yeah. have you eaten today? Yeah, that's right. Have you eaten? Have yeah. you eaten have you, at Tim all? Tim Hawkins, have you eaten? Yeah, have you eaten? Like, okay, no. Okay, well, let's maybe that, you know, Yeah. you need to take a nap, you need to eat. Yeah, yeah, just like Elijah, just right? Just like Elijah. Like, get, get out of your depression, go get yeah. something to eat, right? So but also, good. it could be, hey, why don't you just put your phone down? Or yep. maybe let's get off social media. If there's yeah. too much negative stuff on social media, hey, yeah. let's watch a movie. Yeah. Redirect, like just help you know, encourage with that soul care um, and self-care. The The church revitalizer's his wife has such a powerful role mm. in the life of the revitalizer just to keep them, that perseverance yeah, and the yeah. resilience. So if you're, if, if you're a wife 
of a revitalization pastor, it's important that your main ministry is your husband mm-hmm. and just getting behind him and praying for him and being his number one cheerleader. Yes. Yeah. I think that's really a role that's number one and needs to be protected. And yeah. the church, somebody else will pastor the church when you're gone, but nobody's going to be able to take care of your family. So yeah. that's why family has got to come first. Yeah. And I, I would also encourage you, you know, your role is something between you and God. It's, you know, I, I believe that God's called me to do what I'm doing right now. And don't let the pressure, don't let someone else pressure you based on what they think you should do. Yeah. And maybe it's a role that you can't fulfill or you wouldn't fulfill it well. That's right. Because you're just doing it out of pressure. Mm-hmm. But really, that's something to pray about as a couple, too. And, yeah. and lots of conversations. This is something you have to have constant communication about in your marriage. Yeah. Like, how are we doing? Is this mm-hmm. healthy right now? Is this good? Yep. You know, do we need to pull back? Do you want to dive in? Um, these are all great things for you. But, you know, I, you know, I go back to both um, Debbie and my mother, and I'm so thankful for them. You know, they showed me all of those different seasons of what a ministry can look like for a pastor's wife. Yeah. And, and so I love this talk. And so as we wrap up, you know, there's so much more to this. This is rich. We, we only like scratch the surface and we can go in so many directions with this, but you know, this is just the, the beginning of the role of the church revitalizer's wife. And we're going to continue to talk about this through the year, but I just think it's important. You don't beat yourself up. No. Uh, you realize that God has called you for a season, for a role. You embrace that role and you live it out to the best of your ability. That's right. Yeah. So guys, thanks so much for listening. And we are going to see you on the next go around. So thanks so much for listening to the Vitalnomics podcast. We'll talk to you soon.